up, everybody? Welcome back. No sauce again. Honestly, he may have just gotten Drew Bledsoe because I'm feeling this shit. It's between two <laughs> tackles. It's the A squad. New, the new A squad. Me and Dino. Dean, how we doing? NFL uh, time. We're doing great. Just off the college pod and thought it was a great one. But more importantly, feel like that's slate. Now I'm even more fucking pumped for it, considering we just went over the four biggest games. And now we get to go into the NFL. We touched on it before. We stopped because it was the college pod, but we're fucking amped because the Jets are not good, not great, but elite. And then on top of that, we have another week of great games. Again, I'm a little depressed. It's week six. Time's moving too fast. And without football, we're depressed. Just like I'm sure you are, the the listener. So, you know, kind of mix mixed bag, mixed bag, Ray. Yeah, I mean, we you talk about the uh, college slate, the NFL slate is kind of fucking lit too, especially the games we're going to talk about today. Dude, so lit, yeah. I, I especially especially our third one we're going to go over today, which I find hilarious that it's lit. We'll go yeah. into that though. Word. Okay, let's start at the top. The most important uh, game of the week: Jets at Green Bay. Green Bay currently a seven and a half point favorite, which I find comical. But uh, what are we thinking, Dean? What What are the uh, your first thoughts on this one? Yeah, so obviously this is down in Lambeau Field. The Jets D is probably the most important talking point, in my opinion, when it comes to this game. Agreed. I'll obviously talk about the other side of the ball, but it is important to go over the Jets D first, in my opinion, because it will dictate most of the game. This defense did just come off a you know a dominating uh, they dominated a third string quarterback last week but now we'll obviously face a very desperate and most most think I do as well a very angry Aaron Rodgers at home that's very scary obviously they just came out and within Packers organization he was saying something along the lines that he's definitely going to retire after this year I know many people would kind of take that as maybe he can continue to, maybe he's not that mad. Maybe he's just more like in his feels about it, but I see that as him being pissed. If I know anything about Aaron Rodgers, he only came back this week, this year to potentially come back and win a, a, you know, a trophy. And he said that several times on several podcasts. So I see that as him being even more angry than ever. A lot of, you know, clowns in the, in the locker room were saying, Oh, we lost to the Giants. It's okay as long as we don't lose to the Jets. Rodgers does not think that way. Rodgers is already like, how the fuck did we lose to the Giants? So onto the Jets and this in this defense. Even though we dominated, you know, a third string quarterback, like I said, it w- we were also completely piss poor in stopping the run on a team that was also incapable of establishing a pass. That's even double as sad. And now we face a a very scary two-headed backfield of A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. And sadly, only Quinn Williams can really effectively stop the run, as I've seen for the Jets. And compared to most D-lines, the Jets' D-line is, size-wise, smaller than most. And that will obviously be worrisome for Salah and Ulbrich moving into this game. And honestly, stopping to the run, stopping the run, moving, moving forward. And when it comes to halting the run, 
I, I personally think that we um I, I know we struggled last week, but yeah. I feel like the t- type of running backs that give us problems are those speedy guys and uh shifty. I feel like we had a kind of problem setting the edge. I feel oh, like these horrible. I feel like these two guys are a little bit bigger backs, uh uh what you call it, Dylan in particular. Uh I feel They're, like we may yeah. I feel like we may be able to hold up better than people think um, against the run. Personally, I think quit getting hopefully knock on wood. Hopefully, get Quincy Williams back. I think that'll help yeah. a lot. He's a fast, great uh, run and chase guy. Uh, but yeah, I, I knew, dude, we did struggle last week. I do agree. We are definitely a little smaller uh, up front because we like to penetrate a little bit more. Yeah, but yeah, I think I, I do agree. Stopping the run is going to be a massive part to of getting the dub. It really is. I I will say on the other hand of that coin that luckily for the Jets D edge Carl Lawson just had definitely his best game in green uh, in disrupting the pocket, obviously first and foremost has an edge and also tackle edge hybrid JFM really did the same this past week. JFM looked elite. JFM looked awesome. He really did, especially out on the edge, which I definitely will see. I believe we will see him utilized even more. Especially no Jermaine, possibly. Yeah. Rankins did worry me a little bit. I thought he was going to be able to come in for us and be more of that run stopper. I didn't see him do much of that last week, and it, I was I was disappointed it, to that avail. Rankins is more of a he's more of a penetrator, get after the quarterback type of guy. But I feel like I kind of like Rankins to be honest with you. No, I do I, too. I do too. Definitely. I do but, agree. We kind of need a bigger. We need a, a bigger D tackle. I feel like to pair with Quinnen. Yeah. Um, and I also wouldn't be surprised. I know thoroughly, but. Would not be surprised if we invest early in the draft this year on another guy up front. But sorry, keep going. I wouldn't. No, 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 no. I, I mean, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be quick, uh, especially when I move to the other side of the ball. Because, like I said, I believe that this is gonna be the most important. But for the Jets really to win, they're gonna have to come into this game with a, you know, a creative defensive game plan that definitely involves trusting our stud corners of DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner to really be on an island with a wide receiver group that is definitely deemed to be pedestrian for Green Bay. And that would obviously allow us to get some various blitzes and even stack some boxes. And I think that would be really, really big in helping stop the run and integral and kind of keeping this game uh, a, a game that'd be favorable for the Jets and one that they they have a real good chance to win. I still am shocked at seven and a half. And on the other side of the ball, the question is going to be, can Green Bay, which is surprisingly the fifth-ranked defense in football, can they stall the Jets? Oh, that just got an absolute fucking boatload, like a pirate ship amount of confidence after dropping a 40 bomb. I know that was with really, really advantageous field position with – you know what, like 12 minutes left in the fourth, 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter, where it was 17-19 and then, you know, obviously went on a tear and looked amazing doing so. I thought Zach Wilson really came into his own. And that Dolphins defense is not no, you know, slapdick D. So I don't think it was for nothing, even though there were some favorable opportunities. I think that that Zach is going to have to come out and really display that confidence and build off of it. Yeah, I mean, I think it for uh, on our offensive side to start, we have to run the ball and we have to keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. Uh, Fabs was telling me they only had like three possessions in the second half, and that is literally what that's what won them the game. They kept Rodgers off the field, had two eight uh, plus minute drives, and then going back to D for a little bit. I, I Rodgers gets rid of the ball so goddamn fast. 
I feel like he's impossible to sack. So I do agree. Uh, a lot, I think I think we have to play a little bit more man. The receivers are a little weak. Uh, force him to make a mistake. Force him to like force a ball into some tight coverage and let our fucking talent the secondary uh, make a play. Mm-hmm. I think winning the turnover battle is going to be huge, and I think time of possession is going to be huge. Agreed. Also, this this would clear up really for what the safeties of, of the Jets do better than most and is definitely the strength of us, particularly Jordan Whitehead. You know, get maybe a single high going and have Whitehead kind of sneak into the box and, you know, maybe, you know, let's the B gap or two, help an edge rusher, really kind of just give him an assignment just to really hold that edge. And and I, I believe that that will definitely be a recipe for success. Yeah, I, I concur. Uh, let's move on. Uh, another fucking elite game uh, this weekend. We have Bills at Chiefs. Uh, this is the first time I saw in uh, Mahomes' career that he is a dog at home. Mm-hmm. Bills are two and a half points favorite as of now, over under 54. Uh, I have my thoughts. What are you thinking on this one, Dean? Yeah, no, both four and one. And just like you said, this is the matchup that everyone has been waiting for. Not for a week, not from now to the games, but really for the year. This is insane. This was projected to be an unreal, unreal bout with two unreal teams that would have great records at this point. And obviously that's delivered. These two offenses, by the way, have been so much more efficient than the rest of the NFL. It's actually laughable. I saw a few charts and it's just so funny how alone both of them are on the right side of the chart. It's actually crazy. I I won't bore everyone with the details. But anyway, I have a feeling that this game is going to be sneaky low scoring, considering obviously the lack of movement from the over-under, which has basically stayed at 53.5 or 54, with 85% of the bets being wagered on the over. Obviously, in these kind of games, the public gets fucking giddy. They got rock hard, and they're like, oh, it's Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Of course, it's going to go over that number. Of course, it's a high number, but the fact that it's 85% it hasn't moved at all, I really think that Vegas thinks that this is going to be like a, a 24-20 contest, maybe you know, maybe 23-24. Obviously, that would co-align with the, with the line that is set as well, too, which we know Vegas loves being little cucks and being spot on with their spreads. But a crazy stat that you touched on already, Casey has never been a home dog with Patty. And Pat, another one, has been 6-0-1 against the spread as an underdog. And I believe when he's covered those six times, it's been by pretty high margins. The two matchups I will definitely be looking at in this game is going to be Buffalo's deep, deep, deep D-line, obviously led by Von Miller against that Chiefs O-line, which just struggled a decent amount against the Raiders D-line and more, more specifically Max Crosby. I believe they do specifically struggle against a really top tier end rusher. And I think that they're going to see that in full force for Von Miller for sure. So if that's a problem, I know that Mahomes can make some magic when he's running away, when he's, you know, when he's running away and he's out of the pocket and he does some crazy shit. But we saw also at the end of the day, if too much pressure is coming in, like against the Bucks in that Super Bowl game, it could be to the very much detriment of this team. And secondly, is going to be the Chiefs secondary versus a really healthy now Bills receiving core. 
The reason why I say that these two are the most important is we know we know Mahomes, we know Allen. They're the top two quarterbacks, top two players in the league. I'm not really worried about more so what they're going to do. I'm more so worried about what their supporting casts are really going to do as well as their defensive units, that, that their best defensive units, which that would be the Bills D. And surprisingly, I would say it's going to, it's, it's been kind of the chief secondary. The chief secondary is surprised. I, I'm, I don't know why it's slipping, but they, they, they acquired um, not Sneed. Who did they acquire uh, corner wise in the off season? He's been an amazing pickup for them and really, really been stepping it up. The I Bills? I, I don't know why I'm blanking. You could just go. I, I'll look for it. Okay. Um. Yeah. While you look for that, I, I really do agree that those matchups that you just mentioned are huge. Uh, Bills receivers versus Chiefs secondary, and then Bills front against the um Chiefs front. Uh, I think the Bills win both those matchups pretty handedly. Uh, Orlando Brown struggles against speed rushers, and as we've seen all year, Von Miller gets pressure at will. I still maintain it's one of the best signings I've ever seen in the NFL. He's made an immediate impact from the jump and given them such a new dynamic on that defense, which is already uh, elite, I'll say. Yeah. And then, um, so I, I feel like because of that, I feel like the Chiefs are really going to need to run the ball. Uh, they're going to need to set up those play action passes and hopefully uh, that inexperienced secondary. I mean, no Trey White. Um, uh, not Who's out for the year? Not Poyer. Um, who's the other safety, right? Um. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm like looking at other. Yeah, stuff. no, you're good. Uh, I think it's Poyer maybe out for the year, or is Micah Hyde? Oh no, it's Micah Hyde. It's Micah sorry. Hyde. A uh, Poyer was hurt, yeah. but he came back last week. Yeah. So I feel like they're a little, a little inexperienced, a little banged up in that secondary. I feel like if they can run the ball. Uh, the Chiefs, Chiefs going to need to run the ball to open up those big shots because that offense is what it thrives on. That being said, I really do like the Bills in this game. I just think that they're going to – I think they match up really, really well against the Chiefs. I think this team was built to beat the Chiefs. Yeah, it was. Um, it so, really I think was. I think they've got their first test here. It's going to be tough going to Kansas City, but this is also a game it very well could determine home field advantage in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'm really excited to watch. Hopefully, I have, a, I have a fucking family party. Hopefully, there's a TV on that I can watch this game. <laughs> or else I'm going to be livid. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think it's going to be – it's gonna be, I, I disagree with you in the sense that I think it's going to be an over. I think the over is still going to hit. But Hey, no, no, no. I, 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 yeah, I'm just I'm just telling you what I, what I believe Vegas is thinking. Yeah, no, I mean, I, 100%, that line would tell me, I agree, that would definitely tell me that they're thinking it's going to be under, but I think these offenses are just too good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so let's move on. Uh, we got a nice battle for the NFC East mm-hmm. uh, Dallas. This is the Sunday night game. I believe uh, Dallas going mm-hmm. to Philly, Philly six and a half point favorites right now. Still no Dak. I don't think uh, Dean, how are you feeling about Dallas's chances? They, uh, they, they declared Cooper rush to be the starter. Yep. I'm going to assume that's what the line move was from. It started as a pick them and it has gone all the way to Cowboys plus <clears throat> plus six, plus six and a half. I'm sorry, um, but I said it uh, when we started the pod, but this is just like we drew it up, boys. The premier matchup we've all been waiting for in the best division of football, the, the NFC East. I just don't understand it. It's hilarious. Cowboys without Dak, they have a ton of O-line, a uh, ton of O-line injuries. They've had wide receiver injuries. They've had... 
Um, luckily, they've been pretty healthy on defense, which has obviously been their rock. But it's just so funny to me that this is a 5-0 and against a 4-1 and matchup. I, I was very high on the Eagles. I don't know if I thought they'd be 5-0 and now, even though I, I have liked them in all their games so far, and I've said that on this podcast. But I'm I, I still looking at this, and I, I'm shaking my head, but I'm loving it. Because the NFC East, when they get into prime time, and when I think about them getting into prime time, I'm really thinking about Cowboys versus Giants. And no matter what the team makeup is and what's going on, I always can really rely on the NFC East to produce a pretty high-quality football game where I'm watching and I'm entertained the whole time. So I'm very happy that this is the case. And this is going to need to be the Micah Parsons show. If it's not the Micah Parsons show, the Cowboys are going to struggle. Coop Rush has been solid. He's not been really good. He's not been great. They're going to need to establish some run against that incredibly stout Philly D D line, which I'm not sure how they got fucking big boys who legit make you wait on Taco Bell lines behind them for hours. So this is definitely going to be a, a problem really for them offensively defensively. Micah Parsons is going to need to get to Hertz and get to him very often. He's going to need to be lined up on ball at edge at the highest clip that he has this season for them to have a real good shot at this. And on top of that, they're going to need their ball guy. You know, they're going to need their ball hogs in the back and the turnover margin, which I believe is still very favorable for them. I think one of the top in the, in the NFL, they're going to need to create turnovers, whether that, whether that's making Miles Sanders get a little fumble, which we've seen him get fumble happy in the past, or you see Diggs get a pick and bring it to the crib. We're going to need to see a Hertz mistake. We're going to need a Sirianni mistake. Or we're going to need a running back mistake for the Cowboys to really kind of have a shot to win this one. Yeah, I mean, you said it. I think this is a really tough – it's a tough matchup for um, the Cowboys without their starting quarterback. But Cooper Rush has been uh, serviceable since he's been out. But these NFC East matchups are always tight. I mm-hmm. think this is going to be a defensive battle, personally. I think Dan Quinn has got the Cowboys' defense at an elite level. Uh, honestly, I feel like he's going to be head coach next year somewhere. I think he's been out, he's been out of that position a little too long. I feel like he's just too good at what he does. Someone's going to take a chance on him. People forget he was very close to winning Super Bowl. Like he should have won. Like it's I think fucking... was, I think you could say he was the closest ever to winning Super Bowl. I don't Without care. Winning. Yeah, I don't care that Super Bowls have been lost on the last play. Let's let's pretend Pete Carroll didn't have a Super Bowl already, and let's let's talk about that Patriots Super Bowl where if they run it, they probably win very easily. Obviously, they run it twice. Dan Quinn was much, 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 much closer than that. They were fucking destroying. It, I, I still can't believe they lost. I still have nightmares about them losing, and I couldn't agree more. Dan Quinn has been out of that position way too long. I can't believe they got two Super Bowls like, off those two games, but missing the point. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think I think a big I don't know. Do you know if um, Jordan Mailata is playing this week? I, he missed last week. I'm pretty sure. Right. I, I don't questionable. But I think it's going to be big because, uh, like you said, Micah is an elite edge. And on the right on that other side of the tackle, um, Lane Johnson is probably the best right tackle in football. So but if they yeah. have a little bit of a gate, a little bit of a hole at left tackle, they're going to be in Hertz's face a lot. Uh, this deep, like I said, this defense just gets after you. Uh, De- Demarcus Lawrence and Michael Parsons probably one of the best 
one, two uh, edge rushing punches in the league. Mm-hmm. And then um, on the other side, like the other matchup though, like I don't see how the Cowboys are going to move on this defense either. This defense is fucking elite. Their secondary with Slay and Bradbury is one of the best in the game. Uh, both these teams are just very well constructed. And I guess right now in particular, both the quarter, I mean, Jalen Hurts has been insane this year. Everyone loves him, but only four touchdown passes and uh, to two picks in five games. That's odd. He gets a lot done with his legs. Uh, I I feel like you can force him to make some turnovers. Um, that's how Dallas is going to be able to stay in this game. I really, 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 really am tempted to take that uh, Dallas six and a half. I think these divisional games are just super close. I uh, it's, it's not on my card for the podcast, but most likely going to end up taking Dallas plus six and a half. And my Lotta, he uh, even though he missed last two games, he's he took part in the walkthrough uh, okay. today. So that can speak great, but I don't believe he's had a he's had above a limited practice in like over a, over two weeks. So I'm not entirely sure. So I believe he's just going to be very questionable. Yeah, that's definitely something borderline, to keep an eye borderline out. doubtful. That I mean, that's I, I would argue that's one of the, that's going to be determined what I bet or not because I think if no Mylotta, uh, it's going to open up a big hole for that uh, that Dallas front. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the last game now. Monday Night Football, AFC West, which both these teams have been struggling a little bit, but Denver is going to the LA face the Chargers. Chargers are favored by four and a half right now. Over under is 45 and a half. What are we thinking here? Yeah, so uh, Chargers are going to be home here. And like you said, these are teams that both have been struggling and kind of a lot. And both were not expected to struggle. Of course, the Chargers have a little bit more to hang their hat on as far as why they're struggling. Obviously, you have Herbert, who was basically like a, a dead body um, in that game against the Chiefs. And obviously you have to assume that that lingered with him probably 100%. till now, probably 100%. still. 100%. Yeah. Then on top of that, you lose your number one wide receiver, who I know Mike Williams has is has definitely proved that he is a wide, a wide receiver one. But without Keenan there, they don't have a two. So th- he's just as important. I think he's more important than Mike Williams. To I, think, that I, offense. I mean, Keenan is the one. Mike Williams, yeah. is, he could be a wide receiver one low end, but he's much better served as a nice physical wide receiver two. Keenan Allen's route running is still fucking insane. Agreed. That guy's been doing it for so long, and he's. I feel like his ability to get open is just deeply missed for this team. Yeah, I agree. So that's kind of why I wanted to start there because – Keenan Allen being this game is going to be a huge, huge indicator. I know he's still questionable, and I'm not entirely sure as of right now what that status is. But the Chargers uh, did – their line did move from negative three to negative four and a half, negative five. So maybe people are leaning that he probably will play. I have a feeling that this is most likely going to be a get-right game for the Chargers. This defense, it has way too much talent on it. It has – Way too much money spent into it for it to be as bad as it's been. They get a lucky game now where they're at home against a very, very struggling, sometimes extremely confusing to watch Broncos offense led by, of course, Russell Wilson. I still can't get the Thursday night game against 
the Colts out of my out of my head. I just don't know what's going on. I don't get how uh, offense, and especially with a quarterback who is a Super Bowl winning quarterback who's been to multiple Super Bowls, who has been elite in this league, can be on a football field with someone who's been called an offensive guru and just look like they're on two completely different pages. I don't even understand how confused someone could look at quarterback until you watch Russell Wilson. I just kind of don't get it. I feel like what I'm seeing is what I would see from like a rookie or maybe like a, or maybe like a a backup who just came in last minute. Like we saw Teddy Bridgewater last week against the Bengals. I just really don't understand it. It looks like they get no practice done. So I assume this to be a, a get right game for the Chargers D and that D line probably finally getting to the quarterback and doing it efficiently. And then if Keenan Allen comes back, this is going to also be a get right game for the offense. We're due for a Herbie game where he just looks like he can at any moment be the best quarterback in the league and make the best throws in, in the league as a quarterback, just like just like Josh Allen, just like Patty Mahomes. And that's going to be indicative on Keenan Allen being there. Luckily, without him being out there, they've done a great job the past two weeks leaning on Austin Eckler, who's been back to that, you know, change of pace, 60% snap rate, amazing, crazy efficient back, who is elite at catching the ball and randomly gets 10, 15 yard gashes like, you know, shotgun handoffs to him, and he just takes it for 10, 15, whereas weaving and winding. So that's definitely what I'm I'm assuming is going to happen in this game. But without Keenan, I, I'm definitely staying away from it. Yeah, I mean, I just want to go back to the Broncos. They do look like a fucking mess. Uh, Russell, you, you said it perfectly. He does look kind of like a rookie. Um, I think Nathaniel Hacker's got to get this shit right, and he's got to get it right fast. I'm not for firing coaches after one year, but when you give up the farm for a franchise quarterback and he looks this bad, especially uh, Denver's changing ownership and whatnot, there's gonna there's a ton of pressure on him. I would not be surprised to see him as a one and done. Uh, they just do they like you said they're just not on the same page. I originally I put it to like them seeing the starters all uh, preseason, but still they just still look off. They look they look terrible to be honest with you. They have too many weapons, too much invested in the offense to look like that. Uh, so until they prove it to me, I'm not touching them at all. I like the Chargers in this game. Uh, Herbert's the better quarterback, obviously. Even Hurd, he's still averaging 300 yards a game passing. So I like the Chargers here. I, I'm just, I do, do just want to add one more quick thing. I, I just, so when I rewatched the game, because I rewatched it, because I was very interested in why that game looked like that. And when I was watching that Brock, mostly the Broncos offense, of course, when I was watching it, I saw a ton of guys open. Yeah, they were like third, fourth reads, but I just don't get Russ just doesn't throw it to them. I know he came from a a very bland vanilla offense and he didn't get a lot of offensive turnover in Seattle. And I'm going to assume, you know, that was a run first. I'm going to assume that that has a large role to play in it. At this point, it's been five weeks so he's clearly not making progress in going through his reads efficiently. It's obviously a lot more complex of an offense he's ever been in. I think Nathaniel Hackett needs to dumb it down and just chalk it up as a lost cause. I know that sucks, but 
Russ will give you opportunities. I don't think he's fully washed. I don't. I just I just think he looks like I think he just looks like a fifth grader in like a college class. Jeez, that's fucking it's a tough way to look. But yeah, I mean maybe you're right. Maybe going a little simpler offense could help them out. They have enough talent where just get the got get the ball in their guys' hands and they can yeah, make some shit happen. Exactly. Um just throw it up to Sutton. Just give him like one reads to like Sutton. That's like it, it, it somehow I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe gets Handler some touches too. He's an explosive athlete, but I agree. Uh, this offense just isn't right right now. That's going to do it for our game previews, though. But like I said, we're up to the fun stuff. Uh, <laughs> do you any idea if Sauce's fade week applies to NFL or is this just normal bets? I'm pretty sure those are normal bets. Okay, so be aware. Sauce actually liked these, so fade, fade away. Uh, <laughs> It'd be so funny if these fail oh miserably God. and the college ones smash. I would die. I would legitimately oh. die. Okay. Um, so to start off, he's got a seven point teaser, uh, Tampa Bay. I'm assuming that's plus one and a half. It just says one and a half. I don't know what the line is off the top of my head. Tampa. Yeah. I mean, they are minus eight and a half right now. Okay. So minus I'm one assume and a half. it's a teaser minus one and a half, uh, for Tampa and then Seattle plus 10. So seven uh, point T's six yep. point T's yeah, t- seven point T's that's minus one fifty, And he has three units on that. And then his last two units, he's throwing on the Bengals minus one and a half. Uh, they're on the road at New Orleans. Yeah, low, low key like New Orleans in this game. In and that's, I'm not just I'm not just saying that. But uh, <laughs> Dean, what do you got? Yeah. Um. So same with the same with the Horn Frogs. For anyone who does not listen, I've uh, this is my fourth week betting straight on the Horn Frogs to some capacity, and that's because they haven't let me down. I'm gonna do the same for the Jets. Three weeks in a row, and this line is too sweet. I've put some, I've really put some units on the back burner. I just basically burnt them because I didn't bet the money line. You've left units on the safer, board, but I'm still going to continue to do it. I'm going to take the spread. The spread is too favorable, and I don't think Vegas has has genuinely made the correct the correct adjustment. Uh it started at nine. Jets were plus nine and a half to start the week. It got bet down to plus seven, plus seven and a half at some shops. And that's where I that's where I'm gonna take it. I still think that's a value. I'm gonna take Jets plus seven and a half away at Lambeau, minus one fifteen. I'm gonna do two and a half units on that, so half my load. And then the other half of my load, two and a half units, minus one oh seven on Dallas plus six and a half. That is a line that's moved all the way up from Pickham. I think that's been over adjusted and is definitely something that I'm eager to take. Everyone's hopping on the Eagles bandwagon. That shit left five weeks ago. That shit left in the preseason. If you were listening to BTT baby. And all I'll say is I, I think Eagles have a great shot at winning, but I, I think that very likely the Cowboys cover six and a half. I like that. I like that a lot, actually. In a, in a low scoring game as me and you, as we both projected to be. Which obviously a low scoring game you you're gonna want you're gonna want the team with the spread. Facts. Um, so for me, I'm keeping it rolling as well, but I have some hair on my nugs. I'm going Jets money line plus two eighty. <laughs> I'm, I'm putting a unit on that. Dean, you'll get there one day. I know I don't um, have it in me. <laughs> second, I'm gonna keep tr- I'm gonna keep throwing darts at the board till one of my teasers hit. Uh, I'm just gonna bet on Vegas to do do their job. So I'm going six point teaser. Uh, 
49ers plus a half point at Atlanta. So they just got to get a win there. I think they're way more talented. And then the Rams minus four versus Carolina concerns me a little bit that uh, they got the interim coach. They should be playing a little bit harder, but I think they're too, the Rams are much more talented and they're going to be at home. So that's uh, two units there at minus one Oh five. And then my final two units, I am doing Vikings money line at Miami. Uh, That's minus 175. I think that Miami's past defense has been atrocious. They're banged up. Skylar Thompson's getting a start again. Uh, Justin Jefferson, I'm going to be hammering his uh, over receiving yard props. I think he's going to just absolutely gash this defense. Uh, I think it's going to be a relatively easy win for the Vikings. So that's going to be two to win 1.14. Cool. Okay. That'll do it here for the NFL preview. Be sure to follow our Twitter at two tackles with the number two. Uh, and wishes, wishes luck, fellas. Tail, Taylor fade. If it's sauce fade, <laughs> if it's sauce fucking fade, baby. One love, peace, fellas. Peace.